Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. So, Anya, what did we watch? Well, Kevin, we just watched Did You See the Sunrise, the first episode of Magnum P.I.'s third season, which, of course, aired 
on September 30th, 1982. So you're not talking about the Magnum series that's currently running on CBS? Nah, I'm talking about OG Magnum. It's original Magnum. <laughs> I didn't know what For the hell you were talking about. You're a bit of an old fogey, bit of a Matlock fan, Kevin. <laughs> Already it starts. <laughs> Kevin says that people who like Matlock are old people. That's what I was taught as a boy. That's what they schooled you in your one-room schoolhouse in Indiana? The people who watched, when I was a kid, if you watched... Matlock or Diagnosis Murder or shows of that ilk, you were considered an old person. I, I remember uh, your favorite comedian, Jay Leno, had, uh, had, a, had a joke where it seemed like every time he went to his parents' house, they were watching Matlock. And then if he'd visit them again a few months later, they'd be watching a rerun of the Matlock that was on the previous time he was there. Jeez. Well, yeah, we were just having a conversation about about that, but then you didn't you didn't know what OG meant, and then I figured, wow, you've now you're supporting a Matlock fan T-shirt. <laughs> Matlock, of course, I guess was indirectly inspired because uh, Andy Griffith played an old time country lawyer in uh, the TV version of Fatal Vision. Oh shit! Yeah, the defense attorney. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't remember. That that dude. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, though. God. Never seen that. that uh, I've read the book, but have not seen that film. Now, would like a, a, a movie based on real-life horrific events where people actually suffered and died horribly, would that be something you'd like to joke about with on this program? Absolutely not. No. Mm. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Because, like, three people died. Would you be okay with, like, doing, like, snuff films on the show? <laughs> oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> Kevin, why are you slowly opening a drawer? <laughs> <laughs> Big box labeled uh, SF. <laughs> yeah, I think things based on real-life crimes, probably not good for this program. I would agree. Even if it's a mystery, it's kind of like... And also, let's be honest, the uh, the case involved in the Fatal Vision uh, is not a mystery. Uh, the dad did it. Case closed. <laughs> Spoiler warnings. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. People just people just want to... <laughs> People just want to make something out of nothing with that, with that case, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that would be a reprehensible thing for us to do on this stupid program is talk about a real life case. So stupid program? What are you saying here? <laughs> I devote my life to this thing. You're slamming me for it? I stay up late at night by the fireplace with my quill making notes for this program, and here you are slamming it. Kevin Bob Cratchit Greenlee. <laughs> Anya Scrooge. Anya needs a Scrooge. <laughs> that would be really sad if it were true, but fortunately it's not. And also, I'm the one who always takes notes. I'm the I'm the record keeper here. Stolen I, stolen valor. <laughs> I just kind of kick my my shoes off, put my feet up, and just relax. Exactly. Maybe doze a bit. That's what you do everywhere you are. <laughs> You kind of shake me awake and say, Let, let's go uh, record something. And then, then I'll say, Anya, what do you think? And I'll just sit back and put my feet up. Basically. And then an hour later, <laughs> you shake me awake and say, oh, Anya, what's your five-star final? 
and then the show's over. Uh, I just, it would be nice if you would pull your weight around here a little bit more than you <laughs> have been, to be honest. <laughs> so you see some changes coming in 2022. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna be put through the ringer on this program. <laughs> oh man, maybe I'll make you start writing the five star final. So this show, this particular episode, was a little bit darker than most people remember Magnum as being. Well, so we we watched it because recently we did an episode on Laura, which is an episode of Magnum PI that's very about my dark. sister. No, it's not about your sister. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, a kid died in the episode. It was a work of fiction. And it's very sad and it's really intense and Frank Sinatra's in it. So obviously we like love it. And then Kevin was like, this is the other episode where people say it's really dark, but really good. So we decided to give this one a shot. See how it compared to Laura. See how it compares to the general Magnum vibe. And uh, and it was crazy. This was a batshit episode. <laughs> this was an insane episode. I can't believe they... This is just uh, totally not what I associated with Magnum P.I., just like having casually watched the series for a number of years. But it also was in some points amazing and in some points irredeemably stupid. There were moments where you were genuinely shocked. You said, well, this, this isn't, uh, isn't too dark. Then you'd gasp. You said, I didn't see that coming. I said that if Laura was like a drizzle, a kind of a dismal cold rain that turns into a violent thunderstorm, this is more of like a sunny, bright day that turns into a really, you know, like a squall. You know, it, it, it sort of comes out of nowhere, which I liked. I thought that was affecting. Uh, it starts off, everyone's having a grand old time. <laughs> and then things get darker from there. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and, and one thing that's interesting is that uh, throughout, throughout, in many, in many, uh, many ways, this show is about the Vietnam War, this, this episode. And it's laced throughout with uh, clips of uh, Salag uh, 17, the film, uh, that Magnum is a big fan of. He's watching it and uh, amused by it. But he also has experience as a POW. And so does uh, Higgins. So, okay. And in a way, isn't the whole show about the Vietnam War? Yeah, that's true. Because these men formed their bonds of friendship during their military service. And to some extent, they try to act upon the values and uh, morality they picked up in the military. Yeah, it's, it is kind of, it's like a, how do you how do you really come home from Vietnam sort of show, you know? Yeah. In some ways, I guess the answer is you don't. Jeez. Uh, and, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, and obviously for, men of a certain generation who either served in Vietnam or, you know, knew people who, or parents who served, either parents served in Vietnam. It's like, you know, it's first, one of the first, well, I mean, I guess this is pretty debatable, but like America lost very poorly in that. I mean, they, we lost the war. You can make arguments that like we also lost the kind of lost the war of 1812, but that's so far in the distance, you know, in, in the, in the distant past that that's not a modern day concern. So, but in terms of like modern warfare, you know, we lost Vietnam and it's like... Korea was kind of a draw. Korea, I could say, we, you could probably make an argument that we lost Korea too. But I mean, but in terms of Vietnam, I think very much conclusively lost. And so, I don't know. It's just kind of with like, you know, and, and like Hawaii is, is a location, which of course was where Magnum P.I. is set. 
that is so tied to World War II, of course, with Pearl Harbor and, and whatnot and the military culture there. It's sort of kind of fascinating to see the show sort of grapple with some of those those issues, I guess. Do you think it handled those themes well? I think it handled those themes shockingly well. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, as an outsider, I'm, I'm not from a military family. I've never served in the armed forces. So th- this is just as a complete outside observer. Uh, and obviously I would respect what what other people with more experience thought, but I thought it handled it pretty respectfully. You know, it, this episode deals with issues like PTSD and, uh, you know, horrible experiences in the war, you know, torture, POW experiences and whatnot. And generally it handles them well. Things devolve into a, a bit of silliness in my view, but um, it seems to take these issues seriously at least, which is which is good they're serious issues what do you think as another completely uninformed non-military person uh i I know that uh the creator of the show the primary primary creator of the show was donald belisario he scripted this episode and oddly enough not only did he serve in the military but he served in the military with a rather notorious figure. Do you want to guess? John McCain? I, I don't think, I wouldn't call John McCain a notorious figure. Well, I figure. mean, famous. So you're, so you're saying notorious in this, in this usage is a pejorative. Yes. Okay. Ooh, let me think. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Give me a hint. Well, while you're thinking about it, I'll just say because of that, he actually was in the military. And so maybe these ethics and values were a part of him. Maybe that's why he treated it so respectfully. I believe he went on to create NCIS, which is another kind of a military-themed show. Right. Infamous. Give me a hint. Like a criminal? Uh, I'll give you a misleading hint. This person was never convicted of a serious crime. It's a very misleading hit, and I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, you gotta, gotta... Is it somebody that I should be familiar with? It's someone I know for a fact you're familiar with. It wasn't that guy who did all the fraud around the POWs, was it? This is someone whose name you know. This name I know. I know this name. Everybody listening to this knows his name. Let me think about this. The military service, I believe, would have been in the late 50s. Looks at me meaningfully. Is it a politician? No. Is it a media figure? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be misleading. He he appeared on radio uh, once in a radio debate with somebody. Radio debate with somebody. Interviewed on the news once that I'm aware of. He's not a political figure. He's not. uh, Oliver North? No. (laughs) Do you want to just go start talking about the episode with the simmers in the background? No, I. Okay, sure. And then you got to tell me at the end, though, because I have no idea. Do you want me to tell you now? No. Let me. Let it. Maybe something will strike me, but at the end of the episode, you have to tell me. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you another hint. He later wrote an episode of episodic television 
which deals with this person, and I believe he even had himself as a young man make a cameo appearance. So the creator of Magnum... Donald Belisario. ...wrote an episode... Of episodic television. Not Magnum. That, that featured this other person. Featured him heavily. Who was never... Who was notorious, but was never convicted of a serious crime. Right. Do you want me to just tell you? Just tell me. Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, no! What What did he make of him? thought he was a nut. Because he was. Yeah. Fair, fair assessment. He did an episode of Quantum Leap where Sam leapt into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, that's wild. That's crazy. So he actually worked with Lee Har- Harvey Oswald. He knew Lee Harvey Oswald. They, like, hung out. I think that may be going a bit too far. Some crazy shit. But he didn't write that into Magnum. He wrote that into Quantum Leap, he said. Yeah. Okay. That that, that probably is more fitting. One time they were going to do an episode of Quantum Leap where Sam leapt into Magnum, but they never did. That would have been fun. That would have been really fun, actually. Yeah. Dumb, but fun. Um. So anyways... So how do how do we let's go back to the horrors yeah, of Vietnam? Let's about go back, well, let's go back to the sunny Hawaii. How about because now you know obviously, as you said, there's like threads of Magnum's military service in this you know throughout this entire show. But this episode is all about that. So how do we start? It starts off though much like any episode. You know, TC and Higgins are bickering about TC landing his helicopter on the property. Magnum's got a hot date. TC uh, Higgins is is building some weird little craft project. Everyone's having a delightful time. Another day in Hawaii. Yeah, and you know you get into the good grooves. You know you just you're we're all excited to be here and beautiful morning, beautiful sunrise. And <laughs> <laughs> you sobbing. <laughs> So, we're, we're, take us away from there. Let's lift off. TC dumps Magnum in, you know, out deep in the ocean. At Magnum's request. At Magnum's request because he's doing some paddleboard and then comments, oh, how is he not afraid of sharks? And Magnum's like, I'm going to kill you because I never even thought about that. How would you never think about it? You live in fucking Hawaii. This, you, you, can't, you can't, you know... Throw a rock without hitting a friggin' tiger shark. What are you doing, Magnum? I'm terrified of sharks, so this was very... Have you been to Hawaii? <laughs> so you think you literally can't throw a rock anywhere in the state of Those Hawaii? Those shark-infested waters, Kevin. Those are shark... There's sharks all over the place. I've been in the water, Hawaii. Never saw a shark. You, you know, you're not watching for them like I am. <laughs> sharks terrify me, so yeah, I would, I would not want someone to dump me out in the middle of the ocean... And, and frankly, as my husband, I would not permit you to do something like that either. <laughs> What's the origin of this fear? Like, was it a childhood experience with jabber jaws? <laughs> it's jabber jaw. There's no plural. <laughs> Sounds like you're just giving them some weird 1920s slang for sharks. <laughs> no, I, it was not because I watched the ridiculous Scooby-Doo clone Hanna-Barbera cartoon jabber jaw. Uh, I love Jabberjaw. I got very interested in sharks at like age five and read too much about them and and then started competitively swimming. And for some reason, in for reasons that I, I would leave to some sort of mental health professional to, to, you know, figure out, I became terrified of sharks while, uh, 
I think around that time because I kept thinking maybe they were in the pool or something and they were gonna eat me. So, and that I I if I I you know I just I don't do sharks. Don't do sharks. Hell no. <laughs> I was morbidly fascinated with them for for a time. I guess I still am in some ways, but I don't want to see them. Don't want to look at them. You know what? And, and, and they're important creatures. They're important. I'm not saying sharks should all die. They're apex predators. Very important for the health of the ocean. So I I don't wish any harm to them, but I don't want to see them. I don't want I don't want to be in a situation where I could possibly see them. <laughs> you want you just want to be able to pretend like they don't exist. Yeah. Whatever they'll let them do their dirty work behind yeah, closed they gotta, doors. If they gotta do whatever, they can just stay over there. I'll just you know, and then like again, like I'm not. I don't plan to go. I, I would. Ne- I will never go scuba diving. I would never want to go scuba diving in my fucking life. Because of sharks. Because of sharks. What if there was a hidden treasure underwater? I don't give a shit. The sharks can keep it. <laughs> it's their house. You know, they're not coming up. They're not coming to my house up here on land. Hopefully, Jesus, <laughs> and they can they can keep their treasure and their that'd be something. They're sunken wrecks, but I have no interest in that. And you know why? Here's why: because I'm so terrified of sharks that even if I saw like a shadow in the water, I would probably like breathe through all my oxygen immediately, and then my head would explode or whatever happens to divers who do that. I panic, get the bends. I have no interest. It would be an unpleasant experience. People are like, oh, face your fears. Fuck no. Go fuck yourself. Okay, okay. That's what I say. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. Everything's okay. There's no sharks I'm gonna here. I'm going to start giving my the, 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 the uh, crazy old guy in Jaws speech or something. <laughs> um, yeah, but everything's chill and everything's cool. Ma- Magnum's running around in like really skimpy short shorts for the female gaze. And <laughs> Kevin loves it when I say that. <laughs> she said that all through the, the program. It's for the female gaze. Yeah, it really, they they really, the outfits in this show are insane. And, and I love it. I, like, I love how it's just like, we don't give a shit. We're, we're wearing like slinky man shorts and we're proud. And his friend TC is like shirtless in the show. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're a group of lovable Himbos who apparently went through a really bad time in Vietnam, and we're going to learn more about that later. But in the beginning, <laughs> they're just a group of lovable himbos. We don't know about that yet. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, the, the sunshine starts getting a little cloudy, right? It, when this dude shows up, who TC knows. TC's been, T, like, there's literally like five minutes of, of like, TC. Driving his helicopter around, singing. He's having a great time. He's like, "Oh, there's Pearl Harbor, and oh, there's like all these different Hawaiian." And you leaned things. over to me and whispered, "I don't think we're supposed to be seeing this." <laughs> felt, you thought it was like some sort of production blunder. Yeah, it felt like some sort of production blunder where they accidentally left this all in. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, it was so, a ninety-minute episode. They had to fill the time. I know somehow. they did have to fill in the time. And listen, I, I can see why they did it later on because there's going to be some. Not so happy helicopter piloting later on. If we ever want to do like a special 90 minute episode, I'm sure there'll be a lot of you singing in it. And me flying around my little Ani chopper. (laughs) 
across the city of Indianapolis. Look, there's the speedway, and I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The Salesforce Tower? I don't know. (laughs) What about uh, Memorial Circle? Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. So, tosses that bone. Three things. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Eh. We already did a sporting stadium. Mix it up a little bit. Hey, what would you show people if you were flying over Bronxville, your hometown, your much vaunted hometown? Nothing. It's tiny. We'd be over it in two seconds. And there's, oh, it's it's gone. Oh man, so okay, so 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 who shows up and, and starts to rain on this uh, this parade? So when TC lands after depositing Magnum for Magnum's uh, little boat thing. Uh, oh, and also another thing that <laughs> I want to add, another thing that made me think this was all accidentally included is there's a lot of crotch shots for TC because like the camera's in between his legs in the in the helicopter, and it's just like this is weird. It feels like we shouldn't be seeing this. Yeah, they 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 have sh- like is it the. Sh- camera is in between his ankles looking up at him yeah this show really objectifies men (laughs) in a way that's kind of wild (laughs) like what's going on here (laughs) but you really dug that no i i just think it was funny i loved and i loved how every time i would say it's for the female gaze that you would you would flinch (laughs) He lands and waiting for him at the airfield is an old army buddy of him. Is it Nuno? Nuzo. Nuzo. Uh, they've been in the war together and uh, the two of them, along with Magnum, had at one point been captured and tortured by a Russian guard named Ivan. Am I revealing too much too soon? No, that's fine. Uh... So let's unpack this. <laughs> and Nuzo is there because he believes that he recently encountered Ivan on mm-hmm. the streets of Washington, D.C. For some reason, after seeing Ivan on the streets of Washington, D.C., he says, well, I know what I'll do. I'll fly to Hawaii. And when he flies to Hawaii, he says he sees Ivan on the plane with him. Yes. So Ivan's following him. Ivan somehow wants to do something bad, presumably. And T.C. starts getting very freaked out by this. So let's say, hypothetically, that through some series of circumstances, we can't even begin to fathom. You used to be the editor-in-chief of the Flat Hat. So let's No see. one knows what that is of my college newspaper. Editor-in-chief of your college newspaper. Let's say on the streets of Indianapolis, you see somebody who is a Flat Hat enemy who you believe wants to kill you. Will you then like fly across the country to where the rest of the Flat Hat staff is and lead the killer to all your buddies? I'd probably just say, well, this figures. <laughs> just. It is through help your hands. Yeah. I probably had this coming somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Made a lot of enemies um, in Williamsburg. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Why would you lead the killer to your buddies? I don't know. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I think that kind of gets to something which we will talk about more is there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. There's a lot of stuff I'd say is incredible. Yes. But surrounding it and justifying it and getting to those points requires a lot of bizarre, if not outright bad or silly plotting decisions. You know, this is, yeah, I completely agree. 
uh, when we describe it to you guys, like, right now, and, like, break down the plot for you, or if you look it up on Wikipedia or whatever, then you're going to think, this sounds like dog shit. And you're, in a way, right. But there's so many moments to this and performances and ideas that are so good that it's going to be it's going to be hard to boil those down and necessarily convey how good those are because they're surrounded by a lot of dumb shit. Like and like that's why I think I have I mean I'll get into this. Laura was a superior episode because it was it was a self-sustaining like everything made sense in, in, in the story. Nothing was contradicting each other or getting into the realm of crazy fantasy. This really gets gets nuts. <laughs> In a way that's not satisfying. But you don't realize when you're starting to watch it, you're kind of just sucked in by the tension. and Like, what's going on? Why is this guy Ivan hunting them? How, what are they going to do about it? How are they going to survive? You get into the tension. And so it's only in retrospect then when you're like, oh, I okay, having seen the ending, now I can think about this more. You know, that it starts to kind of unravel. But when you're watching it, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's really very effective at building... Uh a very dark, foreboding mood. So we have a bunch of, throughout the episode, uh, flashbacks to uh, TC, Magnum, and Nuzo getting tortured by Ivan, um, them running away from the POW camp and trying to escape, and you know it's all very traumatizing. It turns out that Ivan killed one of their other friends, Cookie, you know, um, and, and so it's, it's just, it's very, it's, it's, it's a very bad memory and you're really seeing it start to take a toll on TC, who's, you know, very sunny, you know, fun guy, but he's starting to kind of go to, this is bringing him back to a dark place now that Ivan is back. And there's, you know, I mean, I mean, this was a bit, I think kind of made us both be like, ah, but like Ivan, you know, uses racial slurs against TC, which is. You know, in the ah. in the scenes back in Vietnam yeah. where Ivan is torturing TC, I flinched. It was awful, but it was also like, I hope the actor, I hope the TC's actor was okay with that. But, uh, yeah. So it, it's very it's very dark and gritty and intense, and you're kind of like, wow, they're going there. But basically, it starts to look like okay, Ivan is back on the Hawaii. He's gonna he's gonna be doing something bad. He seems to be tr- trying to track down Magnum and company. And so then around this point, we cut to uh, Magnum's uh, military buddy Mac, who has some sort of harsh words with his superior, Colonel Buck Green. And the next thing we know, Mac shows up at uh, Magnum's place, revealing that he has resigned from the military and doesn't know what he's gonna do with his life. Tell us more about who Mac is. Uh, Mac was kind of a comic relief character. He was also the guy who works in uh, Colonel Green's office. So if there was an episode where Magnum needed some information from the military, he'd go and there'd be like a comic little scene between him and Mac. Where Mac was like, oh, I can't give you that. And then Magnum's like, oh, what if I give you a donut? And then he'd give him a donut and he'd get the information. That's how Kevin gets me to do stuff. <laughs> Lures me out with food. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's some off-color things I would say. But oh, I no, won't. no, not like that. I meant like... <laughs> I meant like tasks. Yeah. Like, the things she'd do oh for a saltine my, cracker. Oh, shut the... That's disgusting. 
disturbing. Good lord. You raised the subject. I wasn't talking about it in a sexual way. I was talking about it in like a, a task. Like, oh, like Anya, like... <laughs> Like a sexual oh, task. You, you are just a dirty-minded. What well, you said it. You brought it up. Filthy. What, so, so you think I, I I offer you tea so you'd make me tea? No, but like for like like joking tasks or something, not sexual favors. Jesus Christ! You're a dirty man. <laughs> you said it. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Revealing all of our dirty laundry. Jesus. So Mac is then kind of depressed. He yes. hangs out with Magnum. Magnum has a date. He says, I'm going to go on this date without you, but you can stay here at my place. And Mac just gives him kind of a sad look. And so Magnum, being a nice guy, lets Mac go out on the date with him. And let's get to the what happens. Uh, there's a scene where Magnum and his girl are in the front of the car, and then we see... Max stick his head in between them and a fed up Magnum breaks the fourth wall and so looks <laughs> looks at the camera, kind of rolls his eyes like Jim from the office. Very funny. And Max insists that they go to this cheesy touristy luau place that's very much catering to tourists, not not people who are from Hawaii. And while they're there, we see that Mac has a brief meeting with Colonel Green. So apparently he is not resigned from the military and he's still on a mission for Colonel Green, which involves uh, keeping an eye on Magnum. So you're like, huh, what's what's going on here? Uh, and then they leave, and Max says, well, I'll drive home uh, for us. And he runs off ahead, and he says, I've got, let's go up at the mountaintop. The sunrise will be beautiful. And then what happens? Then he turns on the car, and it blows up. And you gasp. I gasped audibly. I gasped. Mac dies. Mac is killed. Mac is killed instantly. And uh and so his this it, it, this kind of comic relief fun time character is brutally murdered on screen. Burned alive. Burned alive. Horrible death. It's horrible. And and you know, then we get Magnum is crying. Magnum's weeping. I mean, this is this is this is some heavy shit. So <laughs> Things really take a turn from here. And, you know, and, and so so at this point, for everyone else, TC's frantically looking for Magnum because he wants to let him know what Nuzo told him, which is that the Ivan, Ivan is back. You know, uh, he's trying to go to Higgins and the rest of the guys to figure out where he is. No one, no one knows. At one point, Higgins reveals for some reason that Mag Magnum plays Dungeons and Dragons on his computer, which is kind of a delightful, odd detail. But then, I guess, basically, Magnum kind of wanders back, and he's all injured. At first, he confronts Colonel Green at the hospital, because he figures out that like he must have something to do with this if, the, if he's slinking around. Then he kind of wanders home and tell Higgins, you know, kind of like Higgins realizes something's wrong, but it's it's just, I mean, he's obviously just devastated. He's talking about how Mac always was a good friend to him and he always kind of treated Mac almost like a joke. Yeah. Like a joke or he's trying to con him to get information. And he feels really bad about it. And he's like, Oh my God, this is just so sad. Um, And, and at some point he links back up with TC and Nuzo. And Nuzo. And they're all, you know, it's kind of like the army gangs back together. And now Magnum's pumped because he's like, we know we got to like, 
we got to stop Ivan because he, you know, killed my friend. Because they, he figures that Ivan planted the car bomb for him to kill him. And Mac just had the misfortune of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, essentially, and, and taking the bomb that was meant for Magnum. And then things get crazier from there, folks. <laughs> you have Nuzo putting on a headband and like like playing some cover version of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I've been in that mood before. <laughs> with, with like a machine gun. <laughs> TC starts to kind of almost seem to be getting like PTSD flashbacks. You're beginning to realize that the flashbacks that we're seeing are almost in his mind as well. And then the three of them go off in a van, and they are trailed by... By the military. By the military. Went to say what happens next. Well, this is a, in your notes, you say, this episode is so nuts. There's a sort of confusing sequence where they're like, I, I guess they're almost like training, or they're trying to get rid of their tail because they think Ivan's following them. So Magnum rolls out of the van, and Nuzo and TC are driving around with their guns and, and you know acting all crazy. And then at some point, Magnum, you know, Magnum sees, looks up and sees a guy like working on a telephone pole. He's shot. He gets shot. The telephone pole guy. The guy in the car who's been tailing them, who's a military guy, gets shot. And then Ivan has all of them pinned down in, in, as a sniper, essentially. So uh, Magnum manages to save the telephone pole guy. And then, and then Colonel Green shows up with some reinforcements and Ivan runs away. But then at that point, the military kind of grabs Magnum and is like, you know, we need to talk to you because actually someone has been trying to kill you. We got some word of some sort of Soviet plot, too, that involves you somehow. We don't really know how. Can you tell us more about what's going on? He's understandably pissed off because he's like, if you'd warned me, then I wouldn't have, like, gone dicking around in my car with Mac and my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so at this point... TC and Nuzo are just off on their own, I guess, because they've they've driven off. Though the the shootout scene ends with Thomas Magnum uh, punching out Colonel Green, who was kind of an asshole throughout this episode. So you're like, you did the right thing. You kind of like that. I didn't like Green. Seemed like an ass. Maybe there's good Green episodes that I'm not aware of, but yeah. In this, I was just like, the fuck, you got your guy killed. The actor who played Mac went off to appear in another Donald Belisario program called Tales of the Gold Monkey. Which Kevin is a program that Kevin loves. I loved it as a kid. Uh, it's kind of problematic now because uh, the lead actor uh, has been uh, has admitted to some uh, basically inappropriate sexual conduct with kids, which kind of sours. Yeah, hard to hard to enjoy something lighthearted after or anything really after. The star comes out and is like that. Yeah. So Mac made a big mistake. <laughs> this wasn't also the show canceled pretty quickly. Show lasted a season. Mm-hmm. So. So at this, so at some point, Magnum loops back with Higgins, and Higgins, it turns out, has been doing all this. He's been dicking around with matchsticks. <laughs> For the entire episode, you don't know what's going on. I mean, that's what he's been doing. <laughs> Pe- people died, and he's dicking around with matchsticks. He he's built a uh, model of the bridge over the River Kwai from the movie, and uh, he, he talks- reveals that he actually was there. 
he was there. He was he was a prisoner of war in, in what he said, you know, Burma, you know. And he also, like, Magnum escaped, which is, like, what are the odds? <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird? It's kind of weird. Like, not, I mean, like, we're both in different militaries and different wars. Okay, that's fine. But we both also had very startlingly similar experiences where we were taken prisoner and then managed to escape successfully. That seems kind of wild. But anyway, so he gets it. And so he... <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, and again, Magnum keeps watching. He, at some point he had, uh, he had Mac watch Stalic 17. And so then he's watching it once more. And he picks up a plot Spoiler point. alert yeah. in, in Stalag 17. Don't tell me who this mole is because I don't know. I won't. We should, we should actually watch the movie. But in, in in the movie, at one point, they realized that there is among them a mole. You know, someone who's working against them, someone who's actually uh, a German. And so that makes Magnum realize, I bet that's what's happening here. And so this is where the episode gets really dumb. Yes. It turns out that their buddy, is it Nuzo? Nuzo. Nuzo is actually not Nuzo. Nuzo is a Russian agent who took the place of the real Nuzo and then was basically a sleeper agent in D.C., the American style, for 10 years and now has come over to Hawaii to activate T.C., who in a poor man's version of the Manchurian candidate had been brainwashed while he was in captivity. And now that programming has been activated. So TJ, TJ, TC is now going to kill the Japanese prince. Who, who uh, incidentally is visiting at this time. And this, this is all dumb. This is all fucking stupid. And it sucks because like at this point, the tension had been building up so much. And it's like, oh my God, what's the evil plan? And then you're like, that's it. That's the evil and plan. It's because there's the emotional core of the episode, losing Mac was so real and seeing how devastated Magnum that was very effective. Yeah, and and I had a I had an idea of how you could potentially have a very similar plot though and script doctor it to make a little bit be a little bit less stupid. Not much, it's still pretty stupid, but a little bit less stupid. But we'll go into that in a little bit. TC gets drugged by Nuzo and Ivan shows up and says more slurs and taunts him and says, uh, haha, you know, you're gonna have to come kill me. And so TC's kind of out of his mind at this point. He and Nuzo break their way into a, uh, the, the, where the Marines in Hawaii are and steal a, a chopper. And then TC by himself gets in the chopper and flies to where the Japanese prince is so he can shoot him with the chopper. Which I guess yes. is a weaponized chopper. So he, he goes in the chopper thinking, okay, I'm, I'm not going to fill. He goes in the chopper to shoot up and kill the Japanese prince. Men would rather kill the Japanese prince than go to therapy. <laughs> 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 and like, and I guess the, the Japanese prince is there because there's, I guess there's some sort of like thing with like, oh, we fought them in World War II and now we're okay. And I guess, you know, like past wars, you know, healing. I don't know. It didn't really make any matter. sense. doesn't matter. And uh, I guess this is a Soviet plot to get the United States to um, really piss off the Japanese. I guess. I guess. So th then what happens? Um, Magnum realizes oh shit this is this is he figures it all out after kind of 
working with the military a little bit. And he, uh, and what's the other guy's name? The, the other friend who was also in Vietnam with them, but was not on the particular team that was captured. Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick. Rick and Magnum race off, and they get in their own helicopter, and they fly over, and they basically uh, kind of on a bullhorn be like, stand down, uh, stand down, TC. And TC kind of shrugs his shoulders and says, okay. okay. sure. <laughs> now, of course, when you go into one of your murderous rages yes. and prepare to commit murder. Yes. That doesn't work. No. I have to offer you a cracker. Exactly. Got to have some little cakes, maybe a tea, <laughs> hot chocolate. Yes. That will always make you draw yeah, back. Exactly. I feel to my cozy side. Um, now, here's what I thought would have made. Because, again, well, should, should we go into the end of, well, let's, we'll go to the ending and then I'll say what my idea was to make this a little bit less stupid. And before you, I'll, I'll say that in my, my, I think the, this is a two-parter basically. Yes. Ending of the first part was incredible that's where mac dies and then the ending of the second part is if anything even better even stronger because it's so good it's such a good moment so basically nuzo gets arrested and they you know he's outed as a soviet spy and blah 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 and uh tc goes to the hospital to get deprogrammed he's okay though and um the only one who really, he, the guy who gets away with it, though, is Ivan. Ivan, at this point, is officially some sort of Bulgarian official am- ambassador or something. So, you know, he has diplomatic immunity. No one can touch him. He's just going to go home. They basically asked him to leave Hawaii. And as he's driving off, Rick and Magnum sort of intercept the car. Magnum kidnaps him at gunpoint, leads him into the, the jungle, and then they have a conversation. Uh, Ivan is very calm. He's like smoking a cigarette. He doesn't give a shit. He basically says, like, you know, I know you, Magnum. Like, I, I know you better than your mother does. You know, you you don't have it in you to kill me. I'm, I'm unarmed. I'm not going to attack you. I'm just going to walk away from here, and you're going to have to deal with it. Then what happens? So he turns and starts walking away. And then we, we have a tight close-up on Magnum's face. He's very upset and anguish and then he says ivan ivan turns around and magnum says did you see the sunrise and then he raises his gun and no no no, and and ivan says yes ivan says yes and then uh magnum raises his gun and shoots and murders ivan and it freezes on the gunfire the gunfire the end the end it was so good (laughs) i was like this is that's iconic what a great ending it was like very intense, and you really weren't sure what what, what you know what's he gonna do. Is it, it like this episode's balls to the wall? It's crazy. So, what was your fix? Well, okay, because you have so many great moments: the the anguish of losing Mac, the intense ending of both parts. Um, you know, TC struggling to deal with the PTSD he developed in Nam, and. You know, like kind of these old wounds rearing their head again and, and sort of, you know, I even kind of like the idea of like almost, you know, it, some of those echoes, they felt very like lived in. And, and obviously with the show creator maybe serving in the military, that sort of makes sense. And so what I would say, I think having Ivan coming back to try to kill them is a, is a pretty good idea, pretty compelling, and maybe Matt gets killed. So like... I just would, I think that the thing that really made this a little bit stupid for me was the Manchurian candidate bit. 
why not instead of that? Why not? Because also, like, that just seems like a huge amount of uh, time and expense for an operation that's may not even work a few years down the road. It just it, that just seems. Why would the why would why would the Soviets do this? So my idea was, what if Ivan Ivan was not really supposed to be involved with torturing Vietnam prison or you know pr- you know American prisoners in Vietnam, but you know he he was kind of in the background. But he because he maybe is a sadist, he gets involved with that even when he's not supposed to. And then when Magnum Muso and TC escape. You know, they're able to tell their supervisors there was a Russian there who was torturing us, you know, and that creates a stir diplomatically. And, you know, obviously it's the Cold War, so it's not like everyone's getting along. But maybe maybe there's just enough barbarity there and just enough evidence that Ivan, as some sort of concession, is is severely punished and, and sort of loses everything. And then he finally gets out of whatever gulag he's being held in and then comes to take revenge on the men who not only escaped his clutches and, and subverted his power, but also ruined his life. And then he's going to come kill them. And it's all personal. It's not some dumb spycraft thing. It's like he just wants to kill them. Maybe at first it seems like a spycraft thing and that's a bit of a red herring. And it's like, no, 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 he just wants to kill you because he hates you. And, you know... You're the one. You're the ones who got away, essentially. Yeah, that's an improvement. I think that's an improvement. Keeps the stakes a little bit less crazy. You know, because as it is, and you know, maybe he maybe he has diplomatic immunity. Maybe he was able to work his way back up, but it's all with the intention of going to kill these guys. And then there's some climax where they're all running around, you know, tropical Hawaii and fighting in the woods and stuff, and it's bringing. Could bring, you know could bring up flashbacks for TC in that sense. I just think in a situation like this, when when it starts becoming like oh so this is what the KGB is doing, doesn't seem like a great idea on their part. I think that's where you lose me. Yeah, and then the Manchurian Candidate stuff gets silly because there's an implication that they did this not just with TC but with lots of other veterans, and there's lots of sleeper agents who may be awakened at any time try to kill Reagan or Thatcher or what have you. And that just seems like a, a cord, Cold War uh, fantasy. Exactly. And and you, you have to, I mean, like, when it's a situation, when it's a, he's so brainwashed that he's going to do this crazy thing, but then essentially, as you said, all it takes to stop TC is all he needs is a friend to say, don't kill the Japanese prince. And that, by the way, is why Ivan wanted to kill Magnum, because he knew Magnum was such a good friend of TC's that he'd probably be able to break through the programming. So it's like, why would you, you know, like if it's if it's so intense that people are going to do something outside of their nature and their real wishes, but it's so it's such a it has such a weak hold over the victim that they're able to just basically say, actually, you know what, I'm not going to do this. And it's like it doesn't seem like a really something that people would put a lot, you know, something that the KGB people would put a lot of effort into. And, and the fake newso, who's the sleeper agent, as we said in the course of this operation. He helps steal a military equipment, a military helicopter. So basically, he's committed a criminal act and probably be in prison for the rest of his life. And so if you're going to have one of your agents willing to go that far, why not just have Nuzo kill the Japanese prince? Yeah, exactly. If he's going to end up in jail no matter what. 
Because they were all like, oh, but it's because he's crazy. He's a Vietnam vet. And it's like that defense wouldn't work even if he was just suffering from PTSD. Like he, there would still be consequences to this action. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Nuzo's, it sounds like he was high placed at the post office or something, which like maybe isn't the sexiest placement for a KGB agent to be. But like that's something that's probably more useful than being in jail. <laughs> Yeah, you could intercept uh, all sorts of mail. You you could you could do something with that, you know. And so yeah, it just once once you're making this story a spy story as opposed to a story about revenge and sort of epic hatred and obsession, that to me is where it falls apart. I just thought it was something really dumb. Say it. I might delete this part. What if, I mean, you could even do it where it's like mirrors each other. What if what if uh whatever turned out like one of Ivan's fellow Russian buddies who was also involved in the in the prisoner of war camp? What if it during the escape like Magnum and TC like threw a, a you know IED at that guy and he blew up and like there was like he was trying to do that like he was trying to wreck their life in the in the exact same way that they wrecked his. Yeah, player on the other side. Stupid, stuff. Yeah. stupid, but. Less stupid than Manchurian Candidate 3, you know, the Hawaii Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to do the Manchurian Candidate as well as the Condon novel or the Sinatra film. So why even try? Yeah, just... You're just embarrassing yourself. This needed yourself. a few more drafts in them for, for them to really re- rework the motivation because they're all like, why would Ivan come and kill us? You know what? Sometimes people just have irrational urges and they want to hurt other people. Like that. That's more believable than... There are 5,000 sleeper agents ready to do things unless their friend tells them not but, to. But the trouble is you need to have a way to get to the ending where the law can't touch Ivan and he's going he's gonna to be able to leave with no consequence unless Magnum commits murder. That's true. You need to get to that ending because that ending makes the episode. It really does. I think you could write I think you could write around that. I mean, you know, there, there were obviously regime changes within you know, Soviet Union. So maybe he gets let out of the Google, gets a gets a nice little apology job in Hawaii and things are chill. Or or he's he's somehow done that or or you know, or maybe even the US government is going to uh they, they he's he's turned he you know, he's after the confrontation in the in the forest, somehow he works it so that he can divulge KGB secrets to them. And, you know In that case Magnum would basically be committing treason. But, but Mac was maybe worth it. So if I got blown up in a car bomb that was meant for you, would you kill Ivan? Yes. I'd kill Ivan for looking at you the wrong way. You're so protective. I love you. <laughs> would you kill Ivan if I was blown up in a car? Absolutely. You really do feel like the military fucked up in this situation. Because, I mean, like, Magnum often, like, handles shit. So, like, if they just told him, he might have just not driven around so much. You know? He might have been on the lookout. Yeah. Zalon Buck. Fucking Buck. How, what would you do to fix this episode? Or really, really stick, stick it? Uh, I think it would have been better as a one-parter. There was an awful lot of fat. Uh, 
I think you find another reason for Mac to be with Magnum that night. The Buck Green stuff and all the military stuff ultimately does not add anything. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of filler. A lot of filler. But what was good was golden. Yes. This episode deserves its esteemed reputation. Golden as the sunrise. Is that your five-star five? No. I'd say that despite some cloudy plotting, this episode allows the emotional core of Magnum P.I., the bonds between the characters, to have a shining moment in the sun. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O.